0: Section 10 of Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Doyle Sanders. Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies An Authentic Record of Remarkable Cases by John B. Lewis and Charles C. Bombaugh. Speculative Insurance Part 5 the blackburn gamblers nearly three years after the nefarious transactions in belfast a concerted purpose to revive them on a larger scale and with even greater audacity was discovered in blackburn a lancashire town mr bain the editor of the belfast insurance and financial gazette who was one of the prime movers in unearthing the memorable conspiracy in his own city was largely instrumental in exposing the blackburn copyists he published a list of cases september 1890 the record of which came into his possession and his comments upon them some of which we subjoin are amusing in the proposal forms one of the lives referred to was described as a coal dealer and very naturally the companies with whom the assurances were effected assumed that a man carrying one thousand nine hundred pounds of assurance was in a good way of business the description was literally true but who would have dreamed that the coal dealer insured for one thousand nine hundred pounds was a hawker of odd bags of coal and to all intents and purposes a pauper the gentleman insured for four thousand pounds was described as an undertaker and coach proprietor his only claim to such designations arising from the circumstance that he was employed in an undertaker's yard in the capacity of a cab washer and a stable assistant the magnate of blackburn upon whose life the assurance companies were interested to the extent of nine thousand pounds was introduced to their notice as a poultry salesman but how this occupation was selected unless simply at random it is impossible to say unless that in his actual vocation of a loiterer about the market he was of service in watching that the poultry did not escape he was aware of the fact that death would materially increase his commercial value but so long as his income of odd shillings was enhanced by fees for signing insurance papers he did not care how long the thing went on to put it plainly the man carrying three thousand eight hundred and eighty pounds of insurance is a pauper. But the fact that he hawked churchwardens in a basket when he could raise sufficient coppers to purchase a stock, which suggested that his proposal would be acceptable when he assumed the role of a pipe manufacturer. When trade is depressed, or his funds are at a low ebb, this life, insured for thousands, takes refuge in the workhouse. But his extreme poverty and misery, instead of exciting sympathy and compassion, Created a desire to coin money on his deathbed. Next in order comes a builder and contractor who, as his own worst enemy, presented admirable features for speculative insurance, which were rather enhanced in value than otherwise by the secret knowledge of the Blackburn gamblers, and which, for obvious reasons, was concealed from the companies that the unfortunate man was in reality a steeplejack no doubt it was aggravating to the gentleman who owned the policies that when in a suitable condition of mind and body for transforming the policies into cash orders the builder and contractor was not permitted to ascend and sweep chimney stacks although to persons of a different constitution it would be a comfort to know that as a consequence blood did not lie at their threshold a laborer and a working tailor are two other subjects from whose deaths handsome profits might have been realized it is scarcely necessary to say that all these unfortunate creatures are the victims of intemperate habits but it is dreadful to have to add that there is a good reason to believe that every facility was being afforded to some of them by the owners of the policies for indulging in their craving for drink insuring men's lives with the knowledge that they were drunkards and subsequently supplying them with drink is an outrage which can only reflect credit upon the ingenuity and rapacity of a heathen community a donation party and what came of it the rector of an episcopal church in a thriving town in the west had a donation party early in the month of january eighteen sixty six and divers good gifts fell to his portion upon that occasion the wishes for a happy new year were not conventional or empty sounding but were pronounced with an emphasis full of substantial meaning with the replenishment of his scanty purse the good rector's heart was full of love toward all his parishioners more than that parish boundaries do not limit the overflow of his benevolent feelings and thus he bethought himself of brother ferrand a resident presbyterian clergyman who poor fellow had sustained a severe accidental injury to his hip and spine the november previous and who was now barely able to limp around upon crutches to think was to act with our worthy rector and he immediately sought out dr blank who was present at the party and consulted him as to the probabilities and possibilities of brother f's recovery the doctor was prepared to say at once that in his opinion brother f had sustained such injuries as would cause his death ultimately possibly he might live for many months or long enough to die from other causes but in any event he was at all times liable to accidental aggravation of his injuries such as surely would carry him off the rector had been revolving in his mind a course that seemed to be advantageous and his reflections assumed still greater importance upon learning the doctor's prognostications it had occurred to him that brother ferrand should be insured and that without further delay and he concluded to pay the required premium out of the proceeds of his donation party the doctor suggested that brother ferrand was scarcely in condition to undergo a favorable medical examination for a life policy of insurance the rector replied that he understood that perfectly well an ordinary life policy of course was out of the question but would not an accident policy answer the purpose had not brother Ferrand met with an accident a serious and ultimately fatal accident was it not for such as he that an accident insurance policy would be of special value he would ask mr m who was present at the party and with whom they both well knew as a worthy and wealthy member of the rector's flock he knew that m held the agency of an accident insurance company and furthermore he had seen it advertised in his paper that for such insurance there was no medical examination required surely if ever there was a case in which no medical examination was required or even compatible with insurance it must be that of brother Ferran. notwithstanding the cheer and chatter the interruptions and the gaieties of the occasion the rector the doctor and the agent were soon in conference and engaged in the consideration of the proposition suggested by the rector it was speedily determined that an insurance policy might issue properly against subsequent injury and it was then and there decided that such a policy should be written the rector was a man of prompt action and he at once announced his willingness and his determination to pay the premium and directed agent m to write a policy in the principal sum of five thousand dollars for the benefit of brother f s wife the agent was more dilatory in his action, however, and it was not until after poor, unfortunate Brother Ferran had sustained a second fall and in injury that the policy was finally written and delivered, though dated back to February 1st. The later accident and injury occurred February 19th, several weeks subsequent to the donation party. As was fully expected at the time of writing the policy, death soon terminated the sufferings of Brother F., and the policy became a claim for $5,000 affirmative proofs of death in support of the claim were duly prepared and forwarded to the travellers insurance company wherein it was fully set forth how and whereby the injury of february the nineteenth was the proximate and sole cause of death the little scheme occurred during the early history of accident insurance in this country and as the parties presenting the claim were of that high-toned respectability which ought to carry unchallenged honesty with it the company saw no reason to question its validity the sum insured was promptly paid by the company by means of a check for five thousand dollars to the order of mrs ferrand the beneficiary named in the policy which was forwarded through the hands of agent m who was instructed to deliver the check and obtain the usual discharge of the policy and claim then commenced a little game an inkling of which coming to the knowledge of the company several months afterward an investigation was set on foot which soon unearthed the whole matter it appeared that although agent m did not concoct the scheme he was well aware that he was a party to the fraud from the first and as he intended and tried to swindle mrs ferrand the widow out of a part of the insurance money after he got possession of it his motive was apparent of the proceeds of the five thousand dollar check which mrs f entrusted him to collect for her she received in cash ninety dollars notes and mortgages two thousand dollars due and due of doubtful value two thousand dollars county bond, $200, total, $4,290. Agent M soon found himself in unpleasant business relations with his company, together with a criminal prosecution staring him in the face. No escape was open to him save through full, complete restitution to the company he had defrauded, and this he was able to make, and did make. The entire sum was refunded by him to the company, together with a sufficient amount in addition thereto to defray all costs, expenditures, and outlays of every description which the company had incurred in consequence of this conspiracy to defraud its treasury moreover he could not go into a court of law or equity against the widow and exhibit clean hands therefore he could not recover any portion of the sum he had paid her and he did not attempt it he professed sincere penitence and promised thereafter to lead a life of honesty end of section ten read by doyle sanders atoka tennessee October 21st, 2021.